What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. Good evening, folks. Maybe it's a good morning. Maybe it's a good afternoon. This is TWBLC. I'm here with my co-host, Drew Luster. I'm Curtis Quinn. How are we, folks? We're here with another episode, episode seven coming at you. We're going to dive right into it, and we're going to do a little rant of the week. This kind of couples in with our hate of the week for the most part. It could be something we don't particularly hate. Uh, Hate's a strong word, but it's something that really ticks you off. And this week, I saw it on Facebook I saw it from Drew Bledsoe, the old Pat's QB, and man, did it grind my gears. I'll read you the tweet from Bledsoe. Here it is. The CDC has revised COVID-19 death countdown to 37,000. Media still reporting 60,000. Please explain. He attached the CDC link. Uh, The problem there, Drew, was... You didn't do your so-called research that all these people across social media say they do. I would like to see a work cited from everybody when uh, doing it and then actually going through the comments because I think it's still up and listening to the other side because if you Google CDC like I did because I was like, oh, that's kind of odd that it would be that low compared Mm -hmm. to what they're reporting. And guess what? Like the second link I click that is also CDC has just a ticker of cases and deaths. And it was like one point something million of cases and then 60 something thousand deaths. You go to his link. It was a death count, but it was like a couple of weeks revised. Like it's not updated to May 5th, like today. Whatever the day. Yeah. Uh, It's back in April, a couple of weeks behind. Yeah. So with that, and then also the people complaining about if they're going out for a run and they don't want to wear their mask. I think El Prez did a just wonderful job on his Twitter video the other day of just exposing the people not wearing the mask. Like, if there's a, I think he said a point zero zero repeating 1% chance at the end, then you're going to wear a mask because it's just that little small percentage that can help everybody get back to normal. Yeah. And you can go about your business outside. So the people who are like, oh, I can't run with a mask on, I can't breathe, blah, blah, blah. Well, going out for a run right now is kind of a privilege. I just saw in Russia three doctors. uh, This is coming from, like, both Fox, CNN, all the major news outlets. Doctors have been getting thrown out the window in Russia. (laughs) So I I don't feel so much empathy (laughs) for the person who's complaining about wearing the mask outside when they're in like a <laughs> just a brutal regime like that where if you complain about anything <laughs> boom know, done Dead. doctors get thrown out, out the, the window. window quite literally so drew with that that's my rant of the week just give me a work site of the next time you throw out a hot take tweet people uh, yeah I... what's yours <laughs> No, I will agree. Just echoing what you said, it is very aggravating when you're just scrolling on social media and see all of these people who have done their so-called research and your people chiming and hyping them up. It just makes me sick to my stomach. So just don't do it. Just keep it in your own head if you really have something to say. 
Um, well, provide anyways. me proof. Provide me all the proof. I want. <laughs> like yeah, I said, next time. Uh, work this is cited, a PSA. What was the other name for the works cited page? It was uh, a reference? Some sort of annotations or a reference page. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, uh, whatever you want to call it. Long story short, this is a PSA to everybody. If you have any type of opinion regarding COVID nineteen, um, and its and its effect on our nation, just I want make a full sure report. You, you want the full report with citations, everything included, in his DMs that day. Yeah, twenty four hour turnaround. The brown bag lunch crew at gmail dot com. <laughs> um, anyways, my rant of the week. Let's get into these things called uh, murder hornets. I'm hearing about. We got, you know. People saying, oh, I don't know if 2020 can get any worse. I don't know. Off to such a hot start, you know, sarcastically. And then I start hearing about these murder hornets from different people, social media, whatever it is. I don't, like, first off, that is the most crazy thing I've ever heard, right? So I start to scroll. I start to do my research, right? And I see a, I see a video, okay? I don't, before I even look up where they come from, what they do, first thing I see on Twitter is a video of a murder hornet jabbing a mouse in its neck repeatedly the mouse is on its back squirming like a little baby getting his diaper changed and this murder hornet is just repeatedly jabbing it in the neck while and, and killing it and i'm like this is like nothing i've ever seen and i guess people in like in japan are like eating these things and they think they're tasty i i mean isn't that how covid started with them eating these random bats like first off let's not let's i get that we want to you know I don't know if a bat is considered like that. That would be an insect of the insect family. Uh, but... I'm not. I don't care if it's an insect, a bird, a human. I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. I think these murder hornets. I would almost label them as frauds of the week to us humans. Until they kill a person, I don't want to hear about them. I don't care. About have them. you Have you done your research on that to see if they have killed the person yet? I'll put my. I haven't, but I, I'm willing to bet they have not. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, if anyone out there has seen it, let me know when this highlight comes out. I'm sure it'll be a highlight. Please let me know. But I'm willing to bet right now it's 7.27 p.m. on the 5th of May, 2020. I'm willing to bet there's not a reported human death from an uh, Asian murder hornet yet. And that they're basically my fraud of the week, rant of the week, hate of the week, murder hornets. They can just go screw themselves. Until they graduate from mice and other bee and honeybees, that's their main target for all you people who have not done your research. Um, until they start graduating to us big dogs, I don't want to hear about you. And while I'm kind of just, you know, getting the flow of things down and really letting the hatred just flow out of my body, I got to just say this. This has been a big hate and big thing that I like to rant on for a while. It's people who litter, mindlessly throwing garbage out the window with not a care in the world. How selfish can you be? How can you just for one second think that like after you do that, you, how do you even have one ounce of like self-respect or feel good about yourself? It's absolutely so just lazy and disrespectful to Mother Nature. I don't want to ever see anybody litter again, never mind in a pandemic. How about I, I tend to think of the back in the beach days, uh, the kids who would bury the beer cans. Oh my God! And you know what the that's worst like part the about those worst, folks are? That's worst people on earth type of those stuff. Those people right are from like Central and Western Mass, and they're wearing socks in Jordans to the beach, like, and they're walking with socks on the wet sand. I'm like, get out of here! Like, you don't even like, you know, they're smoking their weed by the dunes. They're blasting their their rap music. I get out of my face. For the most you part, pick up your trash. For the most part, they're out of towners. I have seen some locals do it, and it's 
it's just infuriating. Uh, thinking, you know, just a random kid's going to go take a digger somewhere and might get cut up by an empty Budweiser that's sitting there under the sand an inch. Yeah, so I mean, it's, with it's insane. Truly. That, those people suck. And then <laughs> to go into that, I thought of this on one of my car drives this week around around town, and it was just like the idea of trash like 200 years ago. Like, what did they do? Yeah. Did they just bury it? Like, I knew they would throw their own fecal matter out the window, if that means anything. But, to yeah, me. like, that's what I'm talking about, of thinking, like, going around a town or, like, yeah. a city back in the oh, day. it was probably just everywhere. Everywhere, probably. <laughs> or right? how, how about, like, the Mayflower coming over, the trash, like... They oh, my have... God, imagine how it smelled. Imagine getting on that thing. Oh. Ugh. Day day 40 of crossing the Atlantic. No. No, no, no bathrooms. Way. Nothing. No way. I have, like, a, a McDonald's fry container in the back of my truck and i'm like what a mutant i am for not picking that thing up like i feel like i'm just an absolute alien like just the most disgusting thing to ever walk this earth so to think that there was just people throwing their shit out the window literally and just there's probably just piles of trash everywhere back in the day just oh, disgusting yeah and it makes you think of how good of a process we have nowadays and it's still not even close to like being a sol- solid at all and that's a quick shout out to those essential workers, the people picking up our trash. Yeah. Shout out to those folks and everybody else putting their lives on the line. Yeah, because if grind. you saw if you saw Contagion, uh, there's just trash like litter in the streets by the end of that movie, by the end of the pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah, keep, literally, keep it clean up in here. Keep it clean in the bean. Yes, and with that, we're gonna roll on into our guest interview of the week. It's gonna be Theodore. I call him Teddy Alfieri. He is not a collegiate bowler. Like I said last week, he could have went and played some college, not ball, but college I was going to say ball, college ball. He could have played some college pin. Yeah. Maybe we'll call it that. Could have done some pinning. But he chose to go the old community college route and has a high of 284. We will definitely get into that. Not a big deal. No big deal. So let's welcome Teddy to TBBLC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Teddy Alfieri, my good friend from out in Texas. He's now living out in Colorado, a good bowler, and let's get into it here. Uh, Teddy, how you doing? I'm excellent. How are you gentlemen doing to see you, Nick? True. Just the same. Just the same. (laughs) Happy to have you on and glad to meet you, and uh, we're very excited that we landed such a prominent guest as yourself. Ooh. Yeah. And Teddy, let's dive into this this bowling here because one of my favorite hobbies, sports, whatever you want to call it, uh, we in Massachusetts, in our hometown, have Candlepin. Now, have you ever heard yeah. of Candlepin? Yeah, you, you told me a little bit about it. Uh, I mean, I don't think it stands up to uh, the big sport bowling, but, you know, whatever you Boston guys do. Yeah, I think we're one of, like, two states that has it. i think new hampshire might have yeah. a couple of lanes that has candle pin as I, well when i went down uh seventh grade we took a trip to boston to like learn about everything they had candlestick bowling set up there and i did that once and that's all i had to do what'd you bowl what'd, what'd you roll there uh i was like set. you know um i don't know where it is near the harbor but the uh colonial like area they have set up 
where like you walk through and it's set. Yeah, they had it set up there, but you rolled on basically gravel. I don't know if it's the same thing. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, probably yeah. not. That could be botchy. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> could be botchy. I don't know. I'm just that's just a hunch. With a Polini? No, I know. I know what a Polini and botchy is. Yeah. Well, with that, uh, we have some candle pin bowling terms, and we want to get your take on what we would call big ball, what the rest of the country would just call bowling. Um, yep. But some of the good ones, Drew, let's hear a few that you have. Yeah, so a couple of my favorites. I think that the most popular one that we say in and outside of the lanes is good pinning. You know, we really hope to have good pinning going into our night of bowling, basically meaning the pins are falling your way, you know, you know, there's there's going to be always, every time you go out and bowl, there's going to be a couple instances where a pin could have fell your way or not fell your way, and mm-hmm. it's leaning, and you're almost jumping. Just You just want that gust of wind to just take it down. So, And if it does, then you're doing some good pinning. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Deli Thin, <laughs> another favorite. Um, <laughs> similar to good pinning almost, where you know you have that one pin left, and you just barely skin the edge of it with that ball mm-hmm. and kick out the pin. Um, to clear the rack, so deli thin, like a nice thin dirk, uh, dirky, a nice thin turkey slice from Market Basket of Shaw's, <laughs> and then my last one is word to the United States of America. It's called the spread eagle, when there's actually three pins on either side, uh, resembles you know the spread wings of a mm-hmm. spread eagle, um, <laughs> very similar, extra- or some other uh, extracurricular descriptions that we will not describe on the pod i will give the floor to curtis to name a few of his favorites as well yeah a few of my favorites you in candle pin you're not going to get a strike all that often you probably get two or three max if you're a great bowler uh 200 is like the pinnacle of candle pin bowling if you score that or above it's incredible but the four hosman so when you knock out all the pins but the head pin and then just in a diagonal line there's four Four Hossmen and a buddy. So you got those four Hossmen regularly, and then the buddies <laughs> all the way on the right side, just the lone pin. Yep. <laughs> and then a couple others that I've heard in my brother and father's bowling league that hopefully one day I'll get into with them. Uh, sniper report is when you just got that one pin that Drew's talking about left when you hit it deli thin. Diamond <laughs> cutter. Uh, so when you got it, it just looks like four <laughs> pins that are in a diamond. And then they sound this, fake. This one's all time. They're not. It's, it's go to Hess. So when you get a mark, you get a strike or a spare, and you want to get a good fill, as we would say, uh, getting like right. an eight or nine pin drop. But those are our candle pin ones, Teddy. We want to hear, you know, a couple of yours. Obviously, turkey. We've heard that one before. Yeah. We know what that is. But what are some other big ball terms? I think I think the most monumental one that I can recall was head of it back. 2008-2009 when they really coined the term ham bone when you get four in a row <laughs> oh and okay. it was okay because so my sundays went uh like you watch nfl countdown you know the Steelers were yeah. never on in rochester so i didn't want to watch the bills so one o'clock that was on espn it would go from nfl countdown right to bowling and i'd always watch it i remember the first one they were like for years it was what do we call four strikes because everybody's like you know everybody knows turkey you know and then it just went four bagger five bagger however many you get but then when they coined the term hambone i just remember it's like watching poker you know the guys just like they see the flop and they get all excited 
They just could not <laughs> wait to finally coin the term and just be like, he got a hand bone. Yeah. I think it was it was either Wes Malat or Chris Barnes I watched that got the first one. Okay. But okay. that was a good one. Uh, let's see. My home lanes uh, back in Honey Falls where I bowled uh, every Saturday from, let's see, it went from Labor Day to Memorial Day from the age of four till 18. Wow. And uh, they, they're all, so now lanes are like synthetic and these are natural wood lanes, house bowling patterns, normally just threw some oil down and said, go at it, boys. Yeah. But you could throw a perfect pocket and the 10 pin would just stand and laugh at you in your face. And that's what I was texting with Kurt earlier and I told him that, I've seen a lot of people. I've seen a lot of 299s, and that's what always happened. Their last ball, you know, the guys are oh up there. They're God. shaking. They roll oh. it. Pins explode. One pin's just standing there laughing at them. Backbreaker. That is a yeah. backbreaker. It really oh. is. And then uh, you got a, a Brooklyn, which is when you uh, – so if you're right-handed, you want to hit the head pin on the right side. Yep. But if you cross it over and hit it on the left side – and you get a strike. It's called the Brooklyn. Most okay. people know that one, though. I yep. like that one. I have heard that on TV, but I, I wouldn't have been able to yep. recall that one off the yep. top of my head. Uh, Belbo gets a couple just because he torques the ball so much. Yeah. Let's see. Other than that, I mean, we played a game where if you uh, hit the pocket and the five pin, which is the pin right behind the head pin, yep. if that stayed up, because you just got to throw another pocket ball and you'll, you'll get it. You know, you don't go to your spare ball. You just use your normal one. And everybody in the lane, if they saw it, they'd put their hand up. And if you missed it, that's how many push-ups you had to do. And then as we got older, <laughs> it turned into, you know, a, a drink, you know, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. But that that's always fun. And then you try to introduce that to other people, and they're like, nah, no, nah, we're not doing that. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's, that's incredible. Amazing. And the stuff that I don't think people think about, like you've just mentioned there, hinted at, was – the fact that you're using, yeah, your first ball, but your second ball is kind of completely mm-hmm. different. Could be a different weight or, yeah, whatever yeah. you're going to throw it, different grip style even. Yeah, so um, I started, I used, I mean, I just used lane balls. And then when I was eight, I think, because when my dad got me my first one, which was plastic, and that's what most, even the pros use as their uh, spare balls. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones you just see them. They just go up there. They just whip it down the lane. And it doesn't move at all. Yeah. And now, I mean, Bowling science, just, it sounds funny, but, like, balls have come so far from when I first started. Like, it is crazy. And I have I have two. I use two resin balls. I don't have a plastic one because I know I'm not going to pick 10 pins. I never was able to. That was my, my downfall that it would always either dump it in the gutter or I'd go 18 boards to the left of it. There was no <laughs> in between. So I never had a plastic. But I got some buddies that have four or five balls. And like three sets of shoes. Oh, I mean, it's like it's like golf, you know. You you invest. Yeah, but... absolutely. Me and yeah. Drew used to bowl in the yeah. old hot dog league back in the day when we were young for Candlepin. Uh, yep. We we invested in some shoes. I had some balls, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about on that. Front. Oh yeah, now it. I think it was my uh, 16th birthday, and I got a ball instead of my dad being like, "Well, do you want a car? You know, like a cheap $500 beater." I'm like, "No," because Wes Malott was my guy. He's like. Six two, six three. He's just—he looks like a linebacker, and the dude just whips it down the lane. And uh, Roto Grip, which is uh, a newer brand, unlike Brunswick and stuff that's been around forever. Yep. They just came out with a brand new one, and I was like, "Dad, I want that." So that's what I got instead. And then I have <laughs> his old ball too. Yeah, but his hand's a little bit bigger than mine, and like my right thumb's janky now because I would always tuck my thumb in like that. Yep. On his ball, 
So inside the uh, thumb hole, it's all bloody. Oh, it's my, oh my God. It's my mark. Yeah, I'd always use The rig is not bowling. <laughs> it works, though. You know, it works. My it old man. Works. he uh, Sacrifice. Yeah, one man I can never beat. Uh, you, you, that, I had that for a while in golf and now it's just, it's unfair uh, at this point. Nah, <laughs> it's, he was coming off rotator cuff surgery and he beat me by a pin and I, you know, I'm 21. I'm talking all this smack and you know, we're both, we went out for like a family bowling outing, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody's there. And I'm, you know, running my mouth cause I got like seven strikes in a row and I'm not really paying attention to what he's doing. And then the last frame comes up, he strikes out. I had a strikeout to beat him. I go like strike, strike six or something like that and beat me again. He just looked at me. <laughs> oh He's like, it's God. never going to happen. Have you beat so, him to this day? Yeah. I, I mean, I've beat him probably, I mean, not even enough that my hand can count. Like, yeah. But, it, and it's always, it's never a blowout. Like he never beats me by, you know, 40 pins. It's always under five. And it's always between the seventh frame and the 10th frame where he passes me. It's crazy. And it's not even that I can't finish out. He just, I don't know. Yeah. Drew, I know you have a few questions here for old Theodore. Yeah. So you kind of covered my first with the candle pin. Obviously that's our go-to, but like as of, you know, obviously in this day and age, you're probably not bowling like today, given the current state of what's going on in the world. But generally speaking at a high level, are you still bowling? Um, Have you been? And how is that? Me? uh, I last time I went was about two months ago. Um, it really dropped off for me once I started college, but I mean, every time I go out, it's, it's like riding a bike. You don't, you don't forget your, your form and everything like mine. Everybody makes fun of me. They call me Fred Flintstone. Cause like the normal approach, I think is like six, seven steps, or you got three steps. If you start on the front line. Yeah. And I think I probably fit in about 20. <laughs> like that's amazing. We, yeah. We went bowling with some friends, uh, here. And that's the other crazy thing too, back in, let's see 18 like 2010 you roll a game it's three dollars and 25 cents yeah my wife and i went bowling it was 40 bucks for two games so yeah it really depends on where you are in the country because i know when we went down to virginia there were like nights where it was like two dollars bowl all night Mm -hmm. and then you go up north and you're looking at you know 20 bucks per string and you're like what the hell it's crazy but no i mean I still, I still got the old balls in the garage. They're still clean. The shoes, the shoes are dusted off. You know, they don't, they never get too yeah. dusty. Yeah, you but, polish uh, them up. You polish everything. Oh yeah. When I, uh, when we went out though, we just went with friends, and I, like, I don't like to bring my stuff with me if we're just going out for shits and giggles, because it's kind of like bringing your golf clubs to Top Golf. You know, like people just kind of look at you sometimes. But hey, I mean, you do what you got to do, you know. But when I come in, like rolling my my ball bag behind me. <laughs> And, you know, That's amazing. Two games, and you know we're drinking more beer than we are, you know, rolling. Yep. Then I normally leave him at home. But like when my my parents were here about a month ago, and I try to get my dad out, but he found every excuse in the world not to go. So still hanging on to that one. I was um, hoping the altitude would get to him. And and Drew <laughs> Drew has one of the he has a picture, and I'll throw it up on the video. But yeah, Barry's funeral home, uh, my dad's bowling team, and. It was one of the greatest logos ever. It is an arm, Teddy, coming out of the casket with a bowling ball in its hand. <laughs> Do you have awesome. anything, like any good team names uh, out there that you've played on or been a part of? Uh, my parents' team name when they did their uh, their league on Saturdays was uh, just here for the beer. I mean, that's a classic one, though. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm trying. I mean, there's some I can't say on this because, uh, like, we used initials to, you know, represent things. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, like, one of them was FTP. I'll let the, if I can say that, I'll let them, you know, fit the initials with words that might fit that. Oh, but no. we normally try to go for, like, <laughs> really just, like, boring but fun names, like the Destroyers or just, like, like think about backyard sports, like the Wombats, just, like, just random. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what can Magic we put things. down that makes this work? Absolutely. Yeah. But, nah, we, our league was, it was really competitive like we our local bowling center was uh 18 lanes you had uh bumpers and then bantams which was i think ages 7 through 12 um would bowl at nine o'clock and then at 11 youth would come in and they would take up every single lane and now i mean bowling nationwide is down like now i think he only takes up about six lanes total gotcha so that's 12 teams compared to 36 that you had and but I mean, we rolled, uh, it was me and all my buddies. And then there was, you know, the guys that were in the league a couple of years before, you know, like the seniors when you're freshmen kind of a thing. Yep. And I just remember like every single time the championship, cause you just bowled, it was a alternating like snake schedule. And then the last week was when, you know, they put one versus two, three versus three, you know, and everybody for the championship. And I remember my friends were like, Teddy, like stay home. We just want your your average and then your handicap on top of that. So my average was like 154. Handicap would have been around like 30 or so. And they're like, we just just give us that. That's all we need. Like that's all we want. Because when you bowl, like you want to beat the guy. When you do team bowling, you want to beat the guy who's across from you. Yeah. Yeah. So so they you had normally you not have, show up. No, they wanted me not to show up. That's ridiculous. You that's know crazy. me. I, I just yeah. I said no way. So. I showed up and it was a damn good thing I did because uh, the closers, so my buddy Max and then the guy who now owns the bowling alley, actually his name's Brad. Uh, Brad rolled the 299 his first game and Max rolled like a 200. So he's already 99 pins back, and, yep. which is a huge deficit. Like, yeah, you, you got to make that up. That's not, that's and no I just remember, I, yeah, I went off and I think I ever, I think I had like over a 600 series that week and you know, they're still like, oh, well, you still should have stayed home, you know, because they wanted to be right. But, yeah. Yes. They were wrong. Yes. They and were wrong. Yeah. Anybody out there doing that should be kicked out of the league because that's what you oh, would yeah. call sandbagging. You take that with you for the rest of your life, too, you know? Literally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like and going Lodge in the Lynch. seventh round. It's that chip on your shoulder. Like, I'll show you. Yeah. And then, Teddy, yeah. how about oil patterns? Let's talk two-hand versus one-hand even. <laughs> Let's get into the specifics. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so actually, when I, I was just watching when Belmo won the uh, the Masters a couple months back. I was like a month or two ago. For those who don't but know who Belmo is, it's Jason oh. Belmonte, the number one bowler yeah. in the in the world right now. From down under. Yes. He didn't start that way, though. It, it took him a while to catch on. Yep. And uh, But I was watching it. I mean, I had Norm Duke, like, you know, Weber, those kind of guys that I grew up watching. And they're just going out there. You know, they don't have all this, like, the tape, you know, like the, I call it cramp tape, but like the muscle tape yep. and all that. These guys are out there. They look like they're about to go for a triathlon. They're all taped <laughs> up. They got the freaking quarter sleeves on like an NBA shooter, you know? Oh, my God. And, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But now the two-handing thing is catching on quite a bit. Yeah. And then – Which really, I mean – Oil well, patterns. I You've mm-hmm. mentioned a few to me over text, and they are yeah. just fantastic names. 
Uh, they introduced uh, animal patterns. And if anybody out there has a chance, Google the descriptions of how the Bowling Association describes these. Like the shark pattern, for example, it's a bunch of oil right in the middle. So you play more of a straight shot and it's a longer pattern. So your ball won't break till the very end. And they're like, just like a shark, you know, swimming through the waters, like waiting to catch its prey. Like their descriptions are outstanding. That's awesome. Yeah. But so like, for example, like a guy like Belmonte, like he gets so many revolutions on the ball that a straight pattern like that, I'd say that's, he just, I mean, that's why he dominates though, is those revolutions, they, it doesn't matter where he, where he puts it. I mean, yeah. if you're on like a cheetah pattern, which is drier on the outside and it's a shorter one, which is real fat, it's like, it, it's their most aggressive pattern. And, you know, it's like, you got a lob wedge 50 yards out, you go for the pin, how I always say. It's the one thing you do. But they're always just going balls to the wall on that one. But I mean, watching, he's out revving people by like 100, 150 revs on the lane. Yeah. And and just describe to us what that does for you're saying so like when the ball is coming through the oil pattern if it's a more oily place like you're not going to get as much grab so that's when you see the ball take yep. the bite is when it dries out. Yep. Okay. So, uh, like on our lane, uh, there was always oil uh, to the outside, and there wasn't much in the middle. Uh, but I always I because when you're young you love to throw that hook. Yeah. So I would start all the way to the left throw it all the way to the right and just let it come back in. And, uh, but once you're by the second game, if you got 10 guys, like in leagues, you got 10 guys throwing on both sides, that oil just keeps getting pushed. So you got to adjust Yeah. where that's when you see like the PBA guys, like they just, they'll, they'll move like one board. There is a huge adjustment. I mean, that's like, it'd be three feet that they missed by if they like guess it wrong. Yeah. And their technology is ridiculous now too. Like when I was watching, they got the ball tracker, just like in golf. They got the uh, the stained boards. So you can actually see where the oil is. Yeah, it's crazy. It's completely different than you know how it used to be. It, it is pretty cool. And have you been to any of those PBA events? I've always thought like going to a U.S. Open or something would be awesome because it doesn't yeah. seem like that like ginormous of a crowd. And I don't know what the ticket prices are like. But well, they go they go all week. So yeah. it's, it's like, you know, it's like a, a golf tournament, you know, you can go watch the practice rounds, but instead of practice rounds, they're the quality rounds. So they still mean a lot. Yeah. The quality rounds is when you can see guys, you know, rolling 300. You don't really see that as much on TV as you used to because the patterns have changed and it's gotten a lot more difficult. Yeah. But I've been to one, uh, there's a guy, uh, Doug Kent. He's a professional bowler. He's from Canadaigua, which is about 20 minutes away from where I grew up. And he has his own lanes, uh, I think, in Palmyra. And he had a tournament there. And me and my buddies, like, our team went. And that was pretty cool. I mean, you just see the guys. But, you know, they stayed for autographs and stuff. But that one was, like, a smaller one. And there wasn't a lot of the big names. But I wish I got to see West Malott when he was good. But he's had so many injuries that it's, it's not looking good for him. Yep. And then... Bowling injuries, you know. We can wrap up here. I'll go around the horn. So we'll start with Drew. Uh, favorite PBA bowler to watch on a, you know, noon on a Sunday. So for me, Sundays are usually the Lord's Day, a day of relaxation and just kind of kicking back. And the one thing that really, you know, revs my engine um, 
is is watching Pete Webber do the crotch job and scream at the crowd <laughs> in an unrelenting manner and then answer his own questions to himself as he turns his back to the crowd. I've never seen anything like it. And if you want, if if you just look up Pete Webber on YouTube, you'll see some of just his highlight mm-hmm. videos of not even him bowling, him just interacting with media or the crowd. And it's all time. It's like Chad Johnson in the NFL. So many quality sound bites, so many quality just highlight reels. It's amazing stuff. So definitely look it up. He's he's just an entertainer and just an absolutely hilarious guy. Yeah, in the sunglasses. I think he's the only guy I've ever seen wear this... aviators. Every single oh. time you went out bowling. Oh, like, yeah, that's so incredible. Sunglasses in a goddamn <laughs> yeah. bowling alley is yeah. just the most and outrageous move. They never move. They never no. move. Icing on the cake. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, and his hair was always perfectly coiffed. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a legend. <laughs> no doubt about it. Teddy, let's hear yours. Yeah. Well, I've, I've mentioned it. Like, So my, my first one was uh, Chris Barnes. He's still, he's still rolling. He's like a dad's dad. You know, you see him out with uh, – with the New Balances grilling on this on you know the Sundays you know but he's quiet his wife bowls too on the uh, the women's side okay and they they both have dominated for a long time I think he's got like 18 titles or so but then uh, when West Malak came on he was my favorite just because of the power like he it was different from Belmonte's power like Belmonte gets the the revolutions on it West Malak basically just threw it at the pins and they would just explode speed speed wins yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, when you're six something, you know, you're built like I said, built like a linebacker. You can get away with doing that. It's like if we were going now and we throw a six pound ball down the lane. Yeah, absolutely. when this guy's throwing like 22 and it's still going 22 miles per hour and it just freaking yeah. yeah, nothing beats the sound of a strike. It's one of the oh greatest. My, like, oh my god! One of the greatest noises ever. How about when you know when you just know before mm-hmm. the ball even hits a pin, you're like, yep, and you can already imagine what it's gonna sound like. Oh yeah, oh. and and bowling and golf are super similar in like how you like see the guys talk after they hit. You know, like you'll watch a guy swing his golf club and he's talking. And he's like, "No, get left." You know that ball's not going to go left, but like yeah. <laughs> he's saying, "Get left," like it's going to. And you watch the bowlers. You know they're bending. It looks like they're doing. You know the the nay nay. They're whipping up there because they're just hoping the ball crosses over. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, and all that happens in what five seconds from the time they let go to when it crushes the pins exactly yeah i will wrap up for my favorite obviously it was pdw i gave you that in the realist of the week last week but i'll give you (laughs) my brother kenzie quinn's favorite right now it's the new guy on tour kyle troop Mm -hmm. i mean look up a picture of this guy he's got an (laughs) just incredible afro that he is rolling the rock with and mm-hmm. he just he makes <laughs> PBA bowling just fun and awesome to watch. He's I don't think I don't know how much success he's gotten. I watched a couple of the events uh last year and he got ousted in like the quarters or something. So he's a very good bowler and he'll probably end up winning a couple of big ones. So guy to yeah, watch. Yeah, when for. I watched when I watched uh he was on he made the he's made a few T V finals, but <laughs> the throw is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is and that'll wrap up our bowling segment of the week i'm glad we got to do that it's one of my favorite activities like i said me and drew get down to the lanes you know every couple of weeks if we're in town and nothing better than getting the boys together and having a few beers so thanks for yeah, coming on it's Teddy. a great time it, it was yeah a get out and bowl your local bowling centers need it so go out there and support them uh, absolutely that's my that's my, great my drop Great yeah. message. Wonderful. Thanks, Teddy.
No problem, Jen. Have a good night. You too. And now for our sports segment of the week, other than the ton of bowling we just talked. Um, it's going to be the newest golf match that's coming out, May 17th. It's set to go off, and it's considered the undercard to the Tiger-Phil-Brady-Manning match, but it might be a better golf match for performance. You know, you got four professionals, two of the top five players in the world playing. It's going to be Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, and then it's verse, most likely, Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf, the young up-and-coming guy. Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf, both Oklahoma State Cowboys, so there should be some chemistry there playing the two big dogs. Yeah, I was just mentioning that. I think performance-wise, I think you're going to get a better match. I think entertainment-wise, like you said, the Brady-Mickelson-Tiger match, you're going to see... I think a better turnout in terms of viewership, but um, in terms of actual golf being played, I think you're probably spot on. I, I will say the Tiger Phil match is going to bring up the age old rivalry. So as far as TV and dramatics goes, it's, it's going to be better in that respect. I hope there's some fire and some good commentary that goes on. Rory's uh, one of the, one of the best guys on tours to get an interview from to talk. So hearing those guys mic'd up on the course will be pretty cool. DJ's a little on the quieter side. Uh, and then Ricky and Matt Wolf should be well-versed in some trash talk on that good Oklahoma State Cowboys team. But really, that's the newest thing we got coming out for the sports world that I've seen this week. Not much else going on. As for what you've been watching, Drew, lately, Netflix, I know you're an Ozarks guy like myself. Mm -hmm. How far, yeah. how far along are you? Uh, I just finished episode nine, so I got one more yeah. left in season three. So right now I'm on season three, episode five. Things are starting to turn. It's gotten to a point where my dad sort of described it as a car wreck <laughs> where <laughs> you it's, it's very uncomfortable at times. It's getting to a point where you really just feel naturally like you should look away, but you just can't help yourself. And I just, I think at this point, things are just going to take off from here on out. And I can't wait to see what the kind of last stretch of episodes brings in season three. And the hot take coming off of Twitter all week has been Ozarks is kind of the new Breaking Bad. It could be better than Breaking Bad. I haven't watched Breaking Bad. I think you have. Oh, yeah. Uh, how does it compare, would you say? I think directionally, they're very similar in terms of the plot and the way that they are filmed. Um, Breaking Bad is one of those things that it was sort of the first of its kind and I think a lot of people just latched onto it because they haven't, hadn't seen anything like it um, personally I love absolutely love the characters in Ozark the, every episode just pulls me in I would, I would put it right up there with Breaking Bad I'm not going to say it's better or worse but I think it absolutely should be in the same categories Breaking Bad in terms of like really everything that goes with it. And I know I've seen a bunch of people say, oh, like, who are you going to take, Walt and Jesse or, you know, Marty and Ruth? And, I mean, to be honest with you, like, if we're talking that route, Ruth is an absolute savage. And I am absolutely in love with her character. She <laughs> says whatever she character? wants. I think without a doubt, yeah. It, either her or Jonah the Sav. 
I'm, Jonah is that's mine incredible. Jonah is mine he is just unfazed by everything everything and he just oh he just pops up every once in a while and has one of those just random you know five minute clips of, of brilliance and greatness yeah. where they're like yes go Jonah but I think Ruth is without a doubt my favorite character constantly find myself rooting for her regardless and yeah I mean I, I don't know about you but I would put it right up there with Breaking Bad it's it's an incredible show Gotcha. And then some other top trending ones. You haven't dabbled in them yet, but I'm sure you and Leah will get to them. Uh, All-American, I just wrapped up, as well as Outer Banks. Uh, I'd give All-American a solid, like, 6.8. It's just something you don't have to really pay all that much attention to. It's predictable, but it gets the job done. Outer Banks, I thought, was better. It was much better, like, written plot not as predictable yeah but the last 20 minutes i would say no spoilers here but it was the freaking worst like ending to a season i've ever seen they're coming out with a season Uh, two so it's not over but i was just beyond frustrated after that got done uh so now i'm looking for a new show yeah i've heard so all American, I've heard kind of rumblings of it, and I think my sister and parents have watched it. But Outer Banks is obviously exploding. I see all the memes, the TikToks, the Twitter, whatever you want to call them. But I think that's probably the next show, just because it's gotten to a point where Tiger King, similar to that, where I hadn't watched it, but I had seen all the memes and all the people talking about it, so I felt like, oh, might as well hop on the bandwagon. So that's probably similar to what will happen with Outer Banks. It sounds like a show I would like to watch. So I'll probably end up watching it eventually. And when the time comes, I'm sure you'll hear my, uh, my rundown of it, but I think that's probably next on the list for me. Yeah. A must watch for you that I would toss out there. Chernobyl. I think it's on, I don't know if it's on Netflix or HBO, but I watched that. And that was one of like the most well done series and of like a documentary sort of feel. Yeah. But just well put together. That was awesome. So I saw the first episode a while back and wasn't really too hooked to a point where I could just kind of grind it. But I did see the first episode and I would agree with you just the way that it's sort of put together is definitely impressive. And if, if you're looking for something different, I think that's historical the right too. Stuff. Yeah, it's based on, you know, actual events and the, the ending scenes, they'll run you through like the in every movie you see where it's like the actual events and people who were within that series uh, mm. were real people. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then last segment, we're going to bring in Drew's girlfriend, Leah Thompson. She's going to give us her boy of the week. I'm very interested to see if she's going to, you know, bail out and call Drew the boy of the week. I really hope not. We'll see. Well, you know, that's my gut reaction, but I feel like that's kind of like a cop-out. It's a fraudulent move. But, you know, if you had asked me a week ago who my boy of the week was, I would have no idea. But there's breaking pop culture news this week. Every millennial female, hold on to your bootstraps, because my boy of the week is the one and only Edward Cullen. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, I didn't know this, but that's the Robert Pattinson gonna be batman in the new films uh twilight the twilight guy yes it's not a show it is a saga of fine (laughs) literature and box office record-setting movies and i know every female 
who is our age or every boy under is under the like age of what? Um, if you were in middle school around the time we were in middle school. So if you were under the age of 30, say, you know, sure. Yeah, yeah. 30. If you're under the age of 30 right now, you know who Edward Cullen is. If you are a girl and you didn't have a big poster of Edward Cullen over your bed in middle school, you're lying to yourself. So explain <laughs> to the audience what's happening though here. So the author of the Twilight series books is releasing 15 years after the original Twilight book, a new, I guess, like remake of the original book where it's from Edward Cullen's perspective. So he's the vampire in the book. Stay and, hot, Edward. And hot. he, yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert, big spoiler big alert. Big spoiler. He falls in love with like a regular human girl who's in high school. So it's going to be like their love story from his perspective. And the whole thing is the first chapter was leaked like 10 years ago and everyone was just buzzing about it. So it is officially buzzing. being released this summer. And oh my gosh, I can't wait. You, I'm okay. going to pre-order it. I have to. So after that, once they make millions off of that, are we going to get a Taylor Lautner like perspective? Of the well, movies? so the second book in the series, New Moon, part of the book is actually from his perspective already. Okay. But, you know, I think it's going wow. to re-scam like the whole you know team. You must have heard of the whole Team Edward versus Team Jacob debate. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was Team yeah. Jacob. Yeah, probably. I mean. A werewolf, was he? Was yeah, he werewolf? yeah, yeah, he's a werewolf. So, cool. yeah. Wonderful. That's, That's Thank second. you very much. Our real first edition of Boy of the Week, because Liz didn't really give us one last week, although after, after the air, uh, she did come on after and you know, give up a couple Spill of inside inside takes. She did. But that's going to be all for us. Don't think I forgot about the quote of the week, though. Uh, this one goes to my rant as well. It's from Jonathan Swift, who died in 1745. Rest thank in you. peace, Jonathan. Thank you, CNN. Uh, it's a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. I think it's very relevant in today's day and age. That's another episode of TWBLC. Drew, always a pleasure. What's for lunch? TWBLC. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Group. <laughs>